Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three mistakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito This is the Falcoholic Podcast, the official podcast of the Atlanta Falcons on the SB Nation Podcast Network. This is David Walker, and we're here on day two of the 2021 NFL Draft, covering what the Falcons have done in the second and third rounds to bolster the roster under new GM Terry Fontenot and new head coach Arthur Smith. Uh, I am here with several guys from the Falcoholic. Let me start first with the Falcoholic himself, Dave Choate. Dave, how are you doing? I'm great. I can always find my mute button right when I want it. <laughs> <laughs> and just not when you need it. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, we're also joined by the one and only Evan Birchfield. Evan, how you doing? I'm doing great, DW. Fantastic. Uh, Corey Woodruff. Corey, how are you doing this fine evening? I'm good. I'm good, which is not something I'm used to saying when I'm talking about the Falcons. So I'm just going <laughs> to ride this wave as long as it takes me. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, and last, but certainly not least, Will McFadden. Will, how you doing? I mean, I keep falling down the draft board. I don't really know why. I like. I thought my <laughs> interviews with the teams really went well, but I'm scared. I'm, it's going to be a day three pick for me, man. I, like, how are you? I, I you could be headed to undrafted free agency, buddy. Sorry. Um, that's how this falls out. <laughs> it's, tough. it's tough. It's tough time of year. I mean, I'll tell you. But you are two days away from the discussion. So tonight, though, we're going to talk about second and third round picks for the Falcons. So I want to start with the second round. Uh, the Falcons had the number 35 overall pick, third in the round. They did actually do what Eric Robinson and I have been speculating they might do for the past several weeks, which is to trade back, uh, pick up a little bit more draft capital. Um, they ended up going back to pick 40, uh, trading with the Denver Broncos. In exchange, they gave up their sixth round pick, number 219, and they picked up uh, pick 114, which is in the fourth round. So uh, a, a decent trade for the Falcons, and I think they ended up still getting a really good quality player here. Uh, they drafted out of UCF Richie Grant, safety, uh, who – Honestly, it, at just 20 years old, probably still has a ton of upside, uh, a player that potentially could compete for a starting position in 2021. Worst case will be in the rotation, in the safety rotation that we have now. Dave, I'll start with you here first. Uh, what are your thoughts on Richie Grant with that second round pick? Um, well, for my very first thought, and I was waiting for for Eric on the live show to kind of find out about it because one of the earliest conversations I had about, you know, prospects this off season was about Grant, um, mm -hmm. who was a player that Eric really liked. And 
um, you know, I ended up spending some more time on him because of that than, than normally I would. And I, I breezed through guys because I am not our draft guru. Um, and I really liked what I saw. And, and I think that Grant is a player that, that Dean Pease is really going to like having um, in Atlanta. And he's somebody that Fontenot was pumped up about. He was talking about, you know, he'll smack the, uh, the taste out of your mouth or something to that effect, which I think is a great way to describe it. Or steal player. the ball. He, he literally or steal the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's the <laughs> other important part of this. Like this is a, this is a guy who's versatile. It's, it's somebody who's aggressive, um, not afraid to be physical and, you know, I think that the Falcons have done a really nice job considering they lost like 90% of their safety talent this offseason at rebuilding, you know, a credible 2021 group of safeties. And I, I mm-hmm. think that Grant over the long haul, you know, he has that potential to be a special player. And, and I think the Falcons desperately needed that on defense. So uh, really, maybe not the, the pick I expected there, but really, dis- really hard to dislike it from my perspective. Uh, Corey Woodruff, what are your thoughts on this pick in the second round for the Falcons? I really like it. Um, There's not a lot negative I think you can say, particularly when you looked at what this team has done at the safety position since the middle of March. Um, There was one player, I think, that was of consequence on the roster at the safety position before this uh, new regime kind of got going in Jalen Hawkins. And they have added um, not only Eric Harris, but also Deron Harmon, who's a very quality player and now with Richie Grant drafted in the second round I mean he's uh, you know I've not I'm not I'm not unfortunately I wish I'm more of a tape brain than I was but from the smart people that are here at the Falcoholic really seem to like him and I tend to kind of lean on that for my excitement with the pick but at the same time I think it just shows that they're executing their plan and to be able to get that extra pick in the fourth round I think is really important for shaping this roster because they're going to pick two guys early tomorrow and that's going to be a really nice way to look and say look we got five guys in the top 100 115 you know picks in the draft and to get that trade to get a player like grant who i think lewis riddick on the broadcast compared to tyran mathow which is obviously a pretty lofty comparison for someone like that to make but he's a very smart person and knows much more than i so it's a nice it's a nice pick i mean you can't you feel a lot better about safety right now. Like that was a position where I really thought like they don't have anybody about, you know, two months ago, but now it's like the position looks pretty well staffed right now. So to feel that about the secondary, you know, I know there's still some questions at cornerback outside of Terrell, but I mean, I I feel pretty confident about it. Yeah. And to that point, uh, Dame Brugler, who used to be at SB nation is now at the athletic Uh, great, great, great guy that covers uh, the draft every year. He had him as his top safety in this draft class, had him number 40 on his big board, which is where the Falcons took him. So it seems like a good value for that. Um, uh, Evan, tell me, what do you think about this? Well, as someone who went to UCF, I was thrilled by the selection of Richie Grant. Um, <laughs> you know, reading Eric's scouting profile on him, I mean, you really can't help but be excited. Uh, when they were sitting at 35 before the pick, I, I thought, you know, maybe they would look at safety, considering Trevin Morig, who a lot of people had as like the best safety was still there. Um, I thought maybe they'd look at him or something, but obviously ended up trading out. And I, I really like the selection of Richie Grant. As you mentioned, some people have him as their best safety. So it's nothing surprising. Um you add to the depth at safety with the ultimate goal of him being a starter, um, whether it's on day one or 
later on in the season or next year or whatever. But no, I mean, I, I've seen his tape. I've seen him uh, in live games. Uh, he's a really good player and I'm excited for him. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and Will, to that point, uh, you know, we mentioned Deron Harmon, Eric Harris. Those guys are both on one-year deals. They're, they're veterans and I, I think good signings, but clearly are not in the future plans for the Falcons. Uh, what are your thoughts on how uh, th- this guy fits in, not just uh, over the 2021 season, but for long term? Well, I, I think it it's partially both, you know, like I think they mm-hmm. had a plan for him in 2021 and they had a plan for him long term. Uh, one of the things that Terry Fontenot stressed kind of during his introductory press conference was the need for depth, you know, like the teams that really expect to compete year in and year out, not just have or, or don't just have uh, really good starting caliber players, but they also have really good insurance plans and mm-hmm. kind of that uh, injury is part of the NFL season. It's just going to happen and, and kind of what's derailed the Falcons. And I think that goes along with the narrative of they've been top heavy in years past are those injuries, you know, when they lose a, a Deion Jones or when they lose a Ricardo Allen, they don't necessarily have a backup plan for that. So I like the notion of having Eric Harris and Deron Harmon here. And, and if he steps in and kind of overtakes them, then that's awesome. You've got a good backup. And if he doesn't, then it's still kind of awesome. And you've got at least uh, a backup that you hope can aspire to more and is on the upswing and will develop. And by the time the depth maybe needs to take effect, say in like October, November, December, that he's a little further along than he is right now. But I think that he's an extremely experienced player. Uh, He's a very versatile safety. He's somebody who, you know, we're, we're very used to the cover one, cover three, because that's what Dan Quinn liked to do. But I think DMPs is more in the, we're going to show you, pretty much every different type of coverage uh, school of thought. And he's the perfect type of safety to have in a cover two look because you can do anything with him. You could roll him back to be a single high safety after the snap, if you're going to disguise your coverage, or you could roll him down to be kind of your box safety after the snap, if you want to disguise your coverage, or you could keep him in a cover two and have him cover half of the field. So it's it's maybe not a player who a lot of people were familiar with before the draft, but I think it's the type of signing that you look back three years from now and you're like, yeah, like that makes a lot of sense. I understand why they liked him because it seems like he's got a pretty high floor and like the type of NFL ceiling where you become a, a really good player, maybe not an all pro, but you're a fringe pro bowler every single year. And, yeah. and I think the Falcons – found a player like that. Yeah, this reminds me a lot of uh, Willie Moe. Uh, I think fans forget his first year, he didn't start immediately. You know, he came in, there were some veterans ahead of him. Uh, they eased him into the lineup. He got some snaps his rookie year, and he took over in year two and, and came in and was really, you know, from, from the day he started uh, playing as a starter, you know, an impact player. Uh, and I think this is going to be similar in nature uh, they did indicate, and Richie Grant did indicate that he's he thinks he's going to be more at free safety initially. But at, at this point in the DNP's offense, or I'm sorry, in DP's defense, um, that differentiation between free safety and strong safety is very 
it's a it's a very uh, sketchy line to begin with. It, he uses them interchangeably. Uh, and I think that's one of the things that Eric Robinson uh, wrote about on the site was that this guy really can sort of deploy at either of the positions. And that versatility is one of the things that Dean Pease is really going to love about him. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of this pick. Uh, I feel like the value was there for where he was grabbed in the second round and he fits a need. And let's be honest, the Falcons have plenty of needs on this team, so it wasn't going to be impossible to find that perfect match of grabbing a good player uh, with the right positional value in the draft to fit a need. Uh, But they did that here. They found a safety, a guy that could be a starter potentially this year, but definitely in 2022. Uh, And this feels like a a really, really good fit for what uh, the Falcons want to do on defense now under a new defensive coordinator. All right, uh, third round. Uh, we ended up grabbing uh, yet again another player uh, with tremendous upside that should compete at minimum for one of the starting positions on the offensive line in 2021. Uh, and that is uh, offensive tackle, offensive guard, Jalen Mayfield out of Michigan. Uh, his story is interesting. This is a guy that uh, had initially, because of all of the weirdness of 2022, everything that was going on within uh, the Big Ten. He had uh, initially uh, figured he was going to have to enter the NFL with very few snaps. Uh, they ended up playing some games, but then he hurt his ankle. I think he only ended up playing two games in 2020. This is a guy that has mostly, uh, for his entire college career, been on the outside. But it looks like the Falcons are planning on deploying him uh, in the competition at left guard. Dave, I'm going to go to you here first again. Um, Jalen Mayfield, this guy at some points was projected to even be uh, potentially a first round pick, you know, back in the first round, maybe a day two, middle of day two pick. And the Falcons got him in the third round. What are your thoughts on Jalen Mayfield, uh, his fit at left guard and the just the pick in general? I think with him, you know, he is somebody that it sounds like Arthur Smith in particular, was like, hey, we really like you. We think you can play left guard in Atlanta, which tells you pretty much everything you need to know about him right there. But to me, the fact that he is a really good athlete, the fact that he's clearly got a nasty streak um, and recognizes that Julio Jones is the best receiver in football, as we learned (laughs) earlier this evening, um, you know, those are all massive points in his favor. And I think you know, he, he was a college tackle for the most part. Um, he, he'll bring some versatility to this and he'll bring some room to grow. You know, I think there are holes in his game um, that he can fix over time. And, and so my question with him isn't, will he be a good offensive lineman? Can he be a starting caliber guard for this team? I think they're going to view him that way. I think they're going to expect him to get there. It's really just a question of, is he ready day one to win a competition against Josh Andrews and Matt Gano. And I think maybe that's a bit of a question mark, but again, this team is building for now and the future. They, they're going to need, you know, tough, athletic, nasty offensive linemen to add to this group. And I, I think that this guy could be one. So again, another pick that was maybe a little bit unexpected, um, but certainly seems like good value. Yeah. Uh, Corey, your thoughts on Jalen Mayfield and what this means for the Falcons offensive line in 2021? I think it's a great pick. I mean, this is probably, you know, I like the Grant pick a lot. I kind of concur that 
there is a question of whether he'll start right away. And I could see Grant going in and beating um, Eric Harris for that job. And But, yeah. you know, the team may have different plans, and we'll kind of see where that goes. Like, I maybe this is projecting. I think he's the guard that starts next season. Um, I think that the team makes this pick um, because they feel like he can come in and win this job. Um, the left guard spot is wide open. Um, we figured that Matt Gano was going to probably get a crack at that. But um, part of me wonders if, you know, again, I think pretty logically right now, it's going to be those two guys that compete unless they want to, you know, sign a free agent sometime, which I don't expect them to do now. Because again, when you took pits, you opened up your own window for a championship. It's not to say that there is any sort of readiness for this team to compete for one but you're basically saying that we think we can open a window we're not going to take a quarterback right now we're going to go in on ryan he's the guy we're going to invest in and obviously they need to take a defender at some point in the first three rounds because of the way the defense is right now but um this pick needed to be offense and i think you could have drafted a running back but i think that the guys you may have taken are still somehow available which is nice but you take this pick because we feel like we can get this offense to the point where it's competing in the playoffs. And you, you take a guy who you feel like we can come in and get something out of immediately. Um, I don't think they would say that they're in a hurry, but I think they also acknowledge that they're going to be working with a 36 year old quarterback this fall. And we can't dilly dally. Like we need to get someone in here who we have a lot of confidence that can make an impact on this team in not three years, not two years, but sometime this fall. Um, Now, Mayfield is an unfinished product. I mean, I think he's someone that maybe could be coached up in an off season and could come out and maybe take some lumps on the offensive line. I don't think they're going to trot him out there if he's not ready, but I legit think that he has the talent and has the just respect from people who have kind of watched and said, Hey, this guy's worth something to win that job and actually, you know, hit the ground running. Um, You know, it reminds me a little bit of when the Titans took Nate Davis in the 2019 draft and they didn't really get him out there right away but he actually came out there as a third round pick in 2020 and ended up being a really nice you know right guard for them to get that offense line going for Derrick Henry so you know whether he actually starts in the fall is obviously that to be determined but I have a good feeling that that will end up being the person who the team wants to get out there uh, when it's all said and done yeah absolutely uh and, and to that point just a reminder Arthur Smith uh his background he played in college on the offensive line and as a coach was also a tight ends coach before he did move up to offensive coordinator with the Titans. Uh, so it is interesting to me that two of the three uh, first picks for the Falcons in this uh, era are a tight end and offensive lineman. Uh, that, that definitely does seem to lean towards the strengths of the new head coach. Uh, Evan, your thoughts on Jalen Mayfield and what this means for the Falcons offensive line. Yeah, I think most of us can agree that, in the first two or three rounds, we thought one of those picks surely has to be an offensive guard or on the offensive line because of that left guard battle. Um, looking when, when that pick came up, I was thinking it was going to be like Wyatt Davis or somebody because he was still on the board, and I think he went maybe 15 picks later or something. Um, but then when Jalen Mayfield came up, I was vaguely familiar with him. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's a better run blocker than pass blocker, but he's like a big dude. He's like 6'5 or 6'6, I think 320-something pounds. Um, it, it, it's definitely like a project because, as you mentioned, he's played offensive tackle. But if he can slide inside at left guard and be pretty good, I think, you know, that's 
best case scenario. Like you just want him to be able to compete at left guard um, because he hasn't been playing left guard, obviously. So that's kind of like mm-hmm. a toss up, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's obviously he's not going to be the offensive tackle that you, you know, you see offensive tackle attached to his name, but uh, sliding in playing left guard competing with those guys you mentioned, I like the pick. Uh, I think he's got a ton of potential, obviously ended last year uh, with that ankle injury, as you mentioned. Um, yeah. It dressed a need. That, that's the key there. Um, I do want to see running back and I thought maybe that would be in the top three rounds, but you know, that's something we'll look at later. Yeah, absolutely. And, and to be fair, after we watched the, uh, the second and third rounds go by, uh, very few running backs came off the board. So there are definitely some guys at the top of round four that could be available for the Falcons uh, just as a quick preview for what we, what will be happening in day three. Uh, will McFadden, your thoughts on Jalen Mayfield, what this means for the offensive line? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, first, I, I mean, I kind of agree with you on, on running backs. Like, not a lot have been taken, but I also just don't think it's a very good running back class. Like, I don't know if there's mm-hmm. a Devontae Freeman to be had in – the fourth round or a Tevin Coleman in the third round. I may be mixing those two guys up, but like, I just don't know if it's the deepest running back class, which is, you know, maybe why we won't see the Falcons go with somebody like that. But uh, somebody like Jalen Mayfield actually is really intriguing to me. He kind of, if I was going to maybe sum him up to the fans who may not be all in on, on the draft stuff, he's kind of like the, the Trey Lance of offensive linemen hmm. in this draft where he's got like kind of everything you would look for in an offensive lineman. And kind of the issues are that he hasn't played a ton of games. He played one full season and then he played two games, uh, you know, this year, but it's kind of like the technical parts of his game that need work. But honestly, and frankly, like, most offensive linemen who come into the NFL from college need help on their technical right. skills and need yep. help on their hand placement and need help on their strike distance and how quickly they get there. Like I'm fine with getting somebody who has the physical abilities because offensive linemen, it's, it's kind of weird that we don't talk about this, but like probably the gap between the best offensive lineman in the NFL and the worst offensive lineman in the NFL might be smaller than a lot of positions because to play offensive line, like you have to be pretty good at just like a couple of key things. And if you can teach somebody who has the natural size that just like you can't teach, but most offensive linemen are big and strong and whatever. But if you have somebody who's like kind of freakishly big and strong and can move and can, you know, just coordinate themselves in ways that are rare, you can teach the technical stuff because that's what you have to do with a majority of offensive linemen who've come out of college anyway, regardless of how technical they are in college, they still have to learn new things at the NFL level because college just doesn't prepare offensive linemen the way that they should. And this guy has all of the tools to be a really good player. So to get somebody like this in the third round, even if you have to sit him for a year. And I think the Falcons do have the the personnel on the roster to at least allow for half of a season of kind of sitting and learning. 
I'm all aboard on taking a player who, yeah, needs a little bit of work on his technique and, and needs to kind of fix his balance and, and work with him on his stance and, and things like that and just needs more reps. But it's kind of like, you know, nobody can bully this guy in the pocket. You know, nobody can get past his reach. When he gets his hands on you, it's over. Like, I mm-hmm. love hearing sentences like that when I'm looking at an offensive lineman or, or reading a scout's take on an offensive lineman. And it seems like there's a lot of that, a lot of that with Mayfield. And to get him in the third round, like, I'm, I'm a fan of that. I like that. Uh, even if you have to sit him for a year, it seems like a good foundation to start from. Yeah, absolutely. Um, going back to Dane Brugler, uh, he said of Jalen Mayfield, uh, his number 53 prospect, and of course the Falcons grabbed him at 68. Uh, so again, if you're looking at value, it looks like the Falcons got a player uh, that was uh, a little bit more valuable than what they had to spend on him. Uh, and Dane Brugler says this, Mayfield can survive at tackle, but his skill set will be maximized inside at guard with coordination, power, and awareness to compete for a starting role by year two. Um, So, yeah, and just a reminder, he is only 20 years old. He will turn 21 a little bit later this year. Um, Second player in this draft class for the Falcons uh, next to Kyle Pitts that is only 20 years old. Uh, And, uh, Will, sort of to your point, um, if you're a head coach that has a background on offensive line, um, if you're looking for a guy that you can mold, in some ways it's ideal to have a younger player with all the measurables that doesn't have a ton of time in any one position on the offensive line. He's, he's coming in a little bit raw, but that means that you get to mold him into the player you want him to be. Yeah, I mean, I always look at raw. Raw is a fault of coaching at some level right? Like if a player is defined as raw coming out of high school, then the high school coaches didn't do a good enough job of educating that player to what he should be looking out for on a snap to snap basis and how she, he should react and what he should do. It's, Mm -hmm. it's technical training. This is, this is a technical job. You're going out there and you're trying to figure out this happens. How do I react? How do I solve this problem? The answers are there. Like it's all there in history. You've seen what you should do for a certain situation. So in a lot of ways, it's not a creative job. It's not a, you know, negotiation business job. It's a technical job. There's a problem and you know the answer to it, execute the the solution. And I look at when players are labeled as raw, again, I, I default to, I don't think their coaches necessarily then did them service. And that's not true for every single case because sometimes the player is just incapable of, of learning. And I kind of feel like, you know, a good example for that with Falcons fans would be Rashid Hageman. Hmm. And I talked to Rashid Hageman kind of uh, in 2017, which was supposed to be his redemptive year. And, and just, he was working harder than ever before and all that. And it just never clicked. And I, think that the Falcons truly did invest in him. But at the end of the day, it is on the player to make things happen. But I think there's a much greater degree of coaches failing players than players failing coaches. Because if you're at any spot and you're young, what are you going to do? You're going to look to your manager to maybe point you in the right direction or teach you, hey, you do this, you don't do that. Or 
do it this way, or, or here's something I learned when I was your age that really helped me. And in the NFL, I enjoy a player who has great traits in college who maybe didn't maximize them, but you hope that your coaching staff, and especially with a new regime who gets kind of their pick of, of new coaches to bring in, that yeah, you bring in a guy who's got some tools, let's see what we can uh, can get out of him. And, and I like this pick for that exact reason. Yeah, uh, definitely feels like something Arthur Smith is going to invest in this young player. All right, gentlemen, last question as we wrap up the podcast. Day three is ahead of us. The Falcons have several picks. I believe they have three picks in round four. Uh, I think it's two picks in round five and another pick in round six. Um, so, Dave, as you look ahead, um, what do you think the Falcons are going to look at uh, in round four? And then and then going forward, do you think running back is maybe one of the first positions? Is there a particular name that you have your your eyes keen on? Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Um, yeah, so I think when you look at who's available, um, there are several interesting defensive ends. Uh, there are several interesting corners and there's several interesting running backs. Um, and it's all lining up in such a way that the best player on the board for the Falcons may well end up being a player at a position they need, which is basically what happened um, tonight. So I, I think looking at that, I really like Kenneth Gainwell. Um, I think that I would be really interested in seeing him in Atlanta. I think, you know, there's a question always with where he's going to play this year. I think you worry a little bit less about that um, because you have Mike Davis, because you have Corderell Patterson, he'll still be an interesting piece that Arthur Smith can find a role for. Um, I think you look hard at um, Shakur Brown from Michigan State um, at corner. You know, I, I think he's a talented guy that you could add to this group. And I, I think you look at maybe a Rashad Weaver um, at defensive end too. You know, these are these are really good players that maybe you know I, I don't expect to be around much longer once we get this thing rolling. And the Falcons need to add talent at all three of those positions very badly. Uh, I don't want them to reach, per se, for a defensive end, a pass rusher, if they don't think that's the best player there. But I am still curious about how they're going to gin that up with the personnel they have on hand. So that would be sort of my early expectation would be, in, you know, I, I don't think the Falcons are going to be entirely position agnostic with their best player available approach. Um, and I think that the board is going to line up particularly for that first pick in the fourth round really well for them to hit one of those with a really good player. So I, I just don't know which one it will be. Yep. Uh, Corey, same question to you. Uh, day three, as we look ahead, any names you're keyed in on in particular and how do you think this is going to play out? Yeah. Good questions. Um, I like Dave talking about kind of the pairing of 
um, need and people they actually like have high on their board kind of colliding. Um, I love the fact that that trade gets them two pretty high picks in the in the fourth round because there's mm-hmm. still there's still a lot of good talent that's out there. And obviously, Kenneth Gainwell is someone who has been talked about a lot around the Falcoholic circles, um, but he's obviously got a lot of potential. But man, Michael Carter out of North Carolina still being there is majorly enticing to me. Um, mm-hmm. A guy out of Arthur Smith's uh, alma mater. And I know Javante Williams is a player they, they could have taken, but they elected not to tonight um, in a trade down. And I wonder if they get his running mate. Uh, this was kind of the lightning to um, Javante Williams Thunder this season, a guy who I think a lot of people are high on that I think has slipped down since he is, I think more kind of, projected to be a complimentary back in the NFL, but could be quite good at that. Um, and obviously any, any edge rusher they want to add at this point would be a guy who could kind of develop and I would be supportive of it. But if they really want to go in on Matt Ryan and really just want to make this passing game absurd, Tyland Wallace out of Oklahoma state is still available. And I know that wide receiver is not a position of need, you know, knock on wood, for the whole Julio Jones thing, but um, I, I I would love to see this as just a we want to embarrass our riches type pick. Like it wouldn't necessarily, <laughs> you know, it wouldn't help a lot of the needs on the roster. But Wallace is a very good player, and I saw a comparison in a draft thing I was reading on NFL that said some scout or GM was like, yeah, he's like the next Steve Smith or something, and just a very very fascinating player to be available at this point. Not someone I expected to be here at all. So. I, I would if they drafted him. I know that they've got Russell Gage and they've got uh, Olamide Zacchaeus and they've got some really nice talent after those first two receivers. But I mean, my gosh, for a player like that being there, I'd say just just grab him. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Um, Evan, give me your thoughts on day three for the Falcons as you look ahead just a little bit. Yeah. Um, aside from the names they mentioned, like Gainwell, I think is probably the favorite right now if the Falcons do go running back but I really like to Hubbard from Oklahoma State um he seemed to be talked about more during like the season towards the end of the season and then just kind of disappeared I always thought he was really good um Marvin Wilson defensive tackle from Florida State would love to see him in Dean Pease's defense um I think he could be one of those guys you take later on that's kind of like a Grady Jarrett effect where he's all of a sudden good and you probably get him in like round what four or five or something. Um, but aside from that, I, I there's so many good players available. I mean, you could just go down the different positions and um, you know looking specifically at what the Falcons are doing. I am curious. I know they added AJ McCarron, but like if they try and get one of these quarterbacks later, like Jamie Newman or something, um, just. You know, if he's there, I, I, I mean, I know he's available, but like they're not going to take him probably in round four or five. If he's there, like in six, maybe. But uh, yeah, I don't know. There's there's just a lot of good players still. Um, and we still got some good picks left. So I'm excited. Yeah, Seems like more more picks coming up than they than there has been. So, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. A lot of. Uh, five picks in the next uh, two rounds. And of course that six round pick, uh, which I believe is their. Oh, their... And one more name. I know we don't need a safety, but that Hamza Nazardine guy from Florida state, I'm surprised he's still there. <laughs> I thought he would be gone earlier. Hey, at, at this point, uh, BPA as um, D led would say. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fair. <laughs> um, Will wrap us up with your thoughts on what day three could look like for the Atlanta Falcons. 
Uh, well, I mean, personally, I would I would approach it the way I do uh, day three in Madden, which is to go, uh, you know, personal punt protector. Um, <laughs> I'd probably go dime defensive back and and maybe holder on uh, on on field goals. No, I love it. I'm kidding. Um, I I agree uh, a little bit with Eric. Uh, definitely Hamza. I would be interested in. I think that changes a little bit based on their their pick of Richie Grant. You know, I don't know, like that that pick, I think addresses kind of the safety depth issues because you did make free agent moves to, to kind of plug up that position. I I kind of like Shai Smith, maybe if they're going to take a wide receiver, um, only because he does, I think, fit. Like you're going to have to pay Calvin Ridley so are you also going to be able to pay Russell Gage? And to me, like Shai Smith would be a natural successor to Russell Gage if if you did have to lose somebody like that. So I, I really like that. I like Michael Carter a lot if he's still there on the board because I think he would be kind of the perfect offset back with Mike Davis. You know, Mike Davis is your kind of zone running between the tackles. He's going to get what you give him type of, of runner. And then... Michael Carter could come in and, and be your eccentric jackrabbit. I'm going to try to hit a home run on every single run. And I, I do think that that kind of uh, dichotomy sometimes will fool with uh, NFL defenses and, and throw them off guard a little bit. But outside of that, I think my favorite picks, if they're going to stick early um, in the in the fourth round and make their pick, uh, Shakir Brown or Jamar Johnson are, are still just two of my favorite players in this draft. Hmm. And I really like Shakir Brown. I, I just think that he didn't play a lot at Michigan state, but when he was on the field, like he was a player, he was somebody who impacted the game. And especially out of somebody who doesn't have a lot of playing time. Like to me, that's moxie to me. That's he believes in himself. If he's going to get out there and say like, look, I'm kind of a newcomer onto this field, but like, I belong here and I'm going to make my presence felt. I'm all for having guys like that on the roster. And, you know, cornerback may not be the biggest Falcons need, but go ahead and just add dudes. And it kind of feels like that's what <laughs> they've done so far. And I, I kind of think Shakir Brown is, is a really good player. So those are some of the guys that at kind of the front of, of day three, I'm going to be keeping my eye on and frankly, wherever they go, I'm probably going to be saying good pick. Cause I just like those players. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And at this point, uh, the Falcons have a lot of opportunities. They've got those three picks in the fourth round. They, they picked up the extra fourth round pick from the Broncos by trading back. Uh, so they will have a lot of opportunities. A couple of things to close us out. Uh, Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith in their press conference, uh, they did note something interesting, and that is that Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts have been working out together um, in this offseason, uh, which is really cool. We had already found out that Richie Grant and Eric Harris have been working out together. Uh, so it looks like uh, some serendipity with uh, Falcons players for 2021. That's uh, very smart, too. Again, yeah. like this, this is a truncated offseason. They, like yeah. They're not going to get the opportunity. So they're building chemistry the way – that they, they know how to, and maybe they advise people to reach out. Take every edge you can get uh, yep. in the NFL. Absolutely. Uh, and then the last thing, and Dave, I want to let you close out on this thought as we wrap up uh, the day two 
2021 NFL podcast for the Falcoholic, um, they did say, uh, Terry Fontenot said, they will still have to add to the QB position even after signing A.J. McCarron, the veteran out of Alabama that they signed earlier today. So your thoughts, uh, do you think that someone like a Jamie Newman, maybe in, in round five, round six, is a potential target for the Falcons, given what uh, GM Terry Fontenot just said? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I've always been of the opinion that, you know, they would like to draft a quarterback. And, and obviously it was wrong about how early they'd want to do that. Um, but I, I think that they want a long-term backup. And that's what you're talking about at this point, right? Is you're talking about getting a quarterback that you think can back up Matt Ryan and potentially his successor for a while. Um, and so that could be a Newman, that could be somebody else entirely, maybe Sam Ellinger um, really late. Um, mm -hmm. But whoever you want wind up with, it's going to be somebody you're hoping to just stash on the practice squad probably this year. Um, maybe you'll carry three quarterbacks if you're at all worried about Ryan, which you probably shouldn't be given how durable he is. But yeah, it's, it's not stunning to hear him say that. I feel like this is something they've indicated they wanted. I feel like they've kind of indicated they didn't want to stop at two quarterbacks really. Um, so, you know, we'll just see who it ends up being um, and whether they, they throw us a curveball and they don't actually draft the guy and they just bring in an undrafted free agent. That's possible too. Yep. And with the way this draft has played out, there's a good chance that several of these quarterbacks that many people thought would end up in round four, round five may end up as undrafted free agents and Falcons don't even have to spend any draft capital to get someone like a Jamie Newman or an Ian book, uh, which is another name we have seen linked to them before. Uh, so with that, uh, we're going to wrap up this day two podcast for the 2021 NFL draft for the Falcons. Uh, Falcons did make two picks, uh, got some potential starters in this one. Uh, so Dave, let our listeners know where they can find you, what you have going on. You can find me here at the Falcoholic. Um, have been here a long time now in case you didn't know that um and i will be <laughs> here at least through draft weekend um so yeah there's there's a lot of interesting things we'll have going on but i think what i'm really looking forward to is after the months and months of having no clarity at all um you know once the dust settles over the weekend we'll have a, a new draft class to look at we'll have a, a mostly filled out roster and we'll have the undrafted free agent class and, and we can really start talking about what this roster looks like, what holes remain, what the Falcons might do to free up money for the draft class and adding more players to address those holes. So there's a, there's a lot of things to break down. Um, there's also the fun part of breaking down just how cool Kyle Pitts might be in this offense. So <laughs> as soon as the draft's over, just look to us. We'll have a lot of great stuff for you. Absolutely. Corey Woodruff, remind our listeners where they can find you, what you've got going on. Let's see. Um, obviously, I'm at thefalcoholic.com. Um, best fucking site on the web on the internet on the website. Best website on the website, I think. Um, love the internet, but um, yeah, <laughs> I'm obviously there um, with columns and news and all that good stuff. I'm obviously very tickled to still be doing that after all these years. I'm glad they haven't um, gotten rid of me for all my hot takes yet. Um, but yeah, I'm on Twitter as well at, uh, at Corey Woodruff 47. Um, and uh, yeah, just, just plugging along. And um, this is a shameless plug, but if you go to the grocery store um, this summer, uh, please check out uh, uh, Athlon's um, NFL 
uh, preview that they'll be putting out before the season. Um, I'm the Falcons writer for that. So they get 32 really nice previews for all the teams coming up where the, um, that's one of the magazines you see at the grocery store. It's the, it's Athlon. It's a great spread. And I'm also really tickled to be a part of that. So that'll be, I think coming out this summer. So I've got to start really plugging away at that in the next two days now that we know what the Falcons are doing. So, um, just feel free to check that out. Yep. hundred percent. Uh, Evan, Remind our listeners where they can find you, what you have going on. Corey, if I buy that magazine, will you sign it for me? <laughs> only <laughs> only uh, if you drive all the way to Nashville and knock at my door and find this. I'll do a quick sharpie. Yeah. And no, no, I'll, I'll send it through the mail like normal people. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, Fair enough. <laughs> Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Evan Birchfield. Um, I do want to plug Kevin Knight's, uh, the Falcolic live show. Basically all of us have been on there, um, over the last two days and tomorrow's the obviously last day of the draft. They've been live doing the entire show and that's live and you can chat with them and that kind of stuff. So that's fun. They have good guests. Um, also immediately after the draft, uh, we have, the draft may end, but the dreams do not as the undrafted free agents will start signing with teams. And the Falcolic has a um, UDFA tracker, which I did last year and I'm doing again this year and it's fun and chaotic, but um, you know, it's, it's good to see these guys who didn't get hear their name called still able to hopefully make a name for themselves in training camp. So for that. Absolutely. And last but not least, Will McFadden. Remind our listeners where they can find you, what you have going on, buddy. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I mean, definitely for sure. I, I would speak to uh, kind of the magazine lifestyle, though, first real quick, <laughs> is, is with Corey. Is I've done that before. But these are, like, really legitimate, uh, like, people who know what they're talking about that are usually writing the section for each magazine. So oh, yeah. those magazines are awesome. You know, like that everybody who contributes to them knows what they're talking about. And I feel like they're a little underrated because it's a digital media ad space nowadays. And, and uh, every that's where everybody gets their news. But check those magazines out. Like Athlon is, is really, really good. Um, as far as me, though, uh, you can catch me on Twitter at Lou McFadden. Uh, I almost did the at words and beer joke again, but, but I don't want to do that to you, Dave. Um and uh, riding on Falcolic, I'll be kind of recapping uh, the draft this weekend and figuring out, you know, the other kind of deep dives I want to do. And then also uh, podcast, uh, Believe in Pot or Believe in Falcons podcast. Uh, that's B L E A V. And we're going to, I think the plan is right now, have uh, Jason Butt come on on Sunday for kind of like his last little Falcons uh, breakdown, just recapping the draft. Um, so you can probably hear that next week. That's the plan at least right now. Hope I didn't blow it with Jason, but um, I'm really looking forward to it and it should be exciting. Uh, so please like, and subscribe. And, and I also really enjoy doing all of this stuff with you all uh, because sometimes you guys know even more than I do. And Frankly, like <laughs> it's rare. The best part of the best part of sports fandom I've always maintained, and it's the reason that I try to approach even covering sports in the way that I do, is the connections that you make between strangers. You know, it's it's when you score a touchdown and you turn to a guy to your left you don't even know, and you give him a hug or a high five, and it's like we're here. This is Zen. We are living it. 
and everything's great in this moment. And that's why I love just having all of these conversations with everybody because frankly, all of you uh, feel the same way about sports that I do. And, and I'm thankful for the opportunity to continue to talk about all of this with you and, and cover it for you all. So, you know, frankly, thank you, Corey. Thank you, uh, Dave. Thank you, Kevin. And thank you, DW, for, for all of your uh, support and, and conversation in this time. Yes, it's a great time to be a sports fan. Um, and a fun time to be an Atlanta Falcons fan as we head into a new regime with uh, Fontenot, with Smith, and now beginning to see what they're putting together with the draft class finally coming into view. Um, as for me, guys, you can find me on Twitter at FalcoholicDW. Updates for this podcast at FalcoholicPod. And, of course, our articles daily at thefalcoholic.com. So for Dave Choate, Corey Woodruff, Evan Birchfield, and Will McFadden, this is David Walker. Thank you guys for listening in. We'll talk with you next time.